0: Hey there, this is Tiff from Tiffany Micah Podcast and welcome to today's episode. What I want to share with you today is actually Novak Djokovic's interview from after he won the Australian Open final here uh, late January. It's only two weeks ago or so. Uh, I've actually recorded the interview for you so that you can actually hear what he has to say and, and the questions that were posed to him for, for his performance in the final, because it was a really tough match. It could have gone either way. And uh, Dominic uh, team played absolutely, oh, absolutely fantastic. And I think he's the next one. He's the next one that's going to come through as, you know, one of the champions. That's my belief. But I want to share with you Novak's, interview because I want you to listen to what he has to say and then we're going to look at those lessons that we're um that he's actually talking about what he's learned and also what he's working on to to create a successful uh player win more tournaments obviously win more matches to win the tournaments and his approach okay so don't go anywhere make sure you listen to this interview and then we'll uh look at the lessons learned from that okay enjoy
1: well, I uh, thank you. I mean, of course, I am uh, uh, grateful to have an opportunity to win another um, Australian Open trophy. Obviously, at this stage of my career, Grand Slams are the, the ones that I value the most. They're the ones that I prioritize. Before the season starts, I try to set my uh, form shape for these events where I can be at my prime tennis and and mental and physical abilities. And um, there are a lot of stats that obviously I am proud of, but sets the tone for the rest of the year. I've, I've had uh, that privilege to, to win this big tournament for eight times and and. Uh, Start off the season with a Grand Slam win, uh, you know, significantly boosts your uh, confidence, and and your expectations are quite high, you know, for the rest of the season. But whatever happens, the season is already successful. So, um, what I can do still to improve, I, you know, there there are many things on the tennis court that I can still improve, and and that's something that excites me and that motivates me to. Go day in and day out uh, with my uh, commitments, with my practice uh, sessions, because there's always something to work on, um, and there are always more trophies to win. Um, a year ago, we sat in this room with you, and it was revisiting the zone because of the match we played against Rafa was so good. How do we talk about this one tonight? Oh, um, turbulent, I would say. Um, it started off really well. I broke his serve right away i felt you know experience on my side and playing many australian open finals and for him it was first it was probably um, probably it was very important for me to to try to break his serve very early in the match which happened he kind of uh, broke back and 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 got back into the first set but i won the first set then i played a A bad game in the beginning of the second couple of double faults and uh, and then i just uh, you know after i lost the second set i start to feel really bad on the court Uh, my energy dropped significantly to be honest i don't still understand the reason why that has happened um, because i've been doing the things that i've been doing before all my matches so i mean was hydrated well and everything but apparently doctors doctor said I wasn't hydrated enough so um, kind of regained my energy and strength uh, midway in the, in the fourth set and and got back into the match I was on the brink of losing the match uh, Dominic um, you know is, is a fantastic tennis player that, that plays with tremendous amount of power in his shots especially from the forehand side he uses his slice really well so he disrupted my rhythm in my game at one point and and he was a better player i mean he one point and probably one shot separated us tonight and could have gone a different way i served and volleyed when i was facing a break point in the fourth and in the fifth it worth it, it worked both of the times but you know it could have also been differently it's serving volley is not something I'm accustomed to. I'm not really <laughs> doing that uh, often, but, uh, you know, I kind of recognize that as an important tactics uh, that, that, you know, in those circumstances, and I'm, I'm really happy it worked. number 17, next to your name, what main feeling? Is <laughs> it what? Well, or formal to go together? Both. Um... I, I was I was sharing with uh you know with with my team and also with some other people just post match uh, w- you know in conversations with they asked me how I feel i i feel exhausted at the moment you know it's it's been a very successful but long month here in australia um and and i I' probably won't be able to to comprehend the Achievements I had in my career, especially at Grand Slams, until I retire from tennis, because um, the intensity of the the tennis season, especially if you're committed to play full season, which I am for for many years already, um, is just um, it doesn't allow you to kind of reflect uh, and, and enjoy the success of of a big Grand Slam trophy, because already in few few weeks' time I'll be playing a tournament somewhere else in a different part of the world so um, I don't take it for granted don't get me wrong I'm super happy and and, and grateful and blessed but at the same time I probably won't be able to go through all different emotions until I have some time and I relax myself with my family and then looking at the horizon we can uh, dig deep in the emotions Um, what
0: what did you tell yourself at the end of the third set and Mm. did you, you did you feel like you were feeling kind of physically
1: good enough to come back um i i definitely did not feel good and i um didn't know what the next moment brings i was Trying to keep myself alive mentally as well and emotionally because it's uh, it was a Disappointing in a way f- from You know my side to to actually feel this way I, I couldn't I was a bit shocked that I, I, I Did feel that way because everything was fine before the match for first two sets everything was okay um, But I you know, it's something that you have to accept that you're going through, and those kind of circumstances uh, um, really kind of force me to let things go and, and to really try to be in the moment and fight my way back. As I said, um, facing a break point early in the fourth was a critical moment where things turned around. Really, I, I felt, you know, I started to to accelerate on my serve I started to move better and and I felt that that he started to make you know few more mistakes than than in the in the in the second and third set and I, I felt an opportunity and I, I seized it you know. uh, after that in the fifth set it was anybody's game really uh, and I knew that very early in the fifth set it was crucial for me to make a break because he, he you know I had that mental edge again and uh, and that was enough you know, to, to, to win it. During the match, when you were 1-2 down, stats came up that you never have won a Grand Slam final 1-2 down. I just wonder if this was in your head during the match and on your well-being during the match on the TV screen, it was shown that your team mixed something up, a drink or a powder stuff in each, each set, and Ball Boys was bringing it to you. Just wonder what it was and how it helped you mm. with the well-being <coughs> well I, I did not see the stats and I did not know that uh, I never came back from 2-1 from deficit in sets in the Grand Slam final uh, so I wasn't really thinking about it and um, the liquids were um, magic potions that uh, uh, my physio Uli prepares in his lab that's all I can say you spoke uh, a little while ago about the idea of historic number 1 and, and that yes maybe sort of big picture competition that there is now between you Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal I'm wondering I would imagine at some point earlier on that wasn't even considered a possibility to you I'm wondering if you can could point a moment when that ambition became realistic to you Mm. and you thought all these guys that were winning most grand slams in their careers and in the history of tennis so the number one was uh, not really in the equation um for me until um you know i successfully finished as a year number one for several years in a row and then i guess to i i can't identify exactly the, the the moment when when i started thinking about it but you know uh, that's one of the two biggest goals for sure. I mean, it's, there is no secret in that. Since you did not try
0: the champagne, do you not drink any alcohol at all? And what is in your bottle? Uh, yeah, ex- exactly.
1: I mean, it's it's not wine. I, I thought you're probably thinking it's red wine. It's not. It's uh, it's a hydration drink that I usually drink an antioxidant drink. And um, no, I I will not. I will not drink alcohol, I just, I don't drink it in general, I just, I don't enjoy it, so my brother will probably What were the observations on the two time violations you received in that game? And after the changeover, during the changeover, you touched the umpire, which is a breach of protocol. Do you accept in the heat of battle, out of the heat of battle, that was the wrong decision? Um... I thought that the second um, violation was not necessary. The first one, fine, no problem. The second one, it's just not necessary under the circumstances or experience. I I, I thought that, you know, probably, in my opinion, could have reacted a little bit better in that situation. But because, you know, this kind of, Things and games, you know, uh, switched the momentum of the match, and, you know, it was a very important game, obviously, 4 all. I broke his serve back, got by myself back in the second set, and then, you know, I lost that game, and he, he won the second set, and then that completely changed the, the momentum of the match. For touching his shoe, I mean, I, I didn't know that it was a, that's, that's completely uh, forbidden. Uh, I... I I thought it was a nice really uh, friendly touch wasn't I wasn't uh, aggressive with him in terms of uh, uh, physical abuse I uh, did not I just couldn't believe that um, I got the time violation that, that kind of disturbed me and that's that's all there is to it you know verbally we we did have some exchanges, but uh, no insults, because if I did insult him, I would get a warning. Right now that you tell me that, I, I want to thank him for not giving me warning for touching him, uh, that's, that's all I can say. You had this great comeback to, tonight, and you and the other two in the big three, time and again, managed to come back and triumph under incredible circumstances. What do you think, uh, as athletes and people, are within you that it enables you to to succeed so often? Well, it's hard to speak on behalf of Roger and Rafa. I mean, uh, I obviously have utmost respect for these guys and admiration for who they are and what they <clears throat> have achieved and how they go about things on and off the court. Uh, I can speak on in my own behalf. I mean, I um, I think we all had different... Uh, trajectories in our lives. I mean, we we all grew up in different circumstances, in different countries, different upbringing. My upbringing was, uh, you know, in Serbia during de- several wars during '90s and difficult time and embargo in our country where we, you know, had to wait in line for bread and and milk and water and some, you know, basic things in life. You know, these kind of things that are, you know make you stronger and, and make you hungrier for success, I think, in whatever you choose to do. And, and that, that probably has been my foundation, you know, the, the very fact that I came from literally nothing and, and diffi- difficult life circumstances together with my family and with my people. And, uh, and, and going back to that and, and reminding myself where I came from always um inspires me you know motivates me to to push even harder and and so that that's that's probably one of the reasons why i i managed to to find that extra gear or necessary i guess mental strength um to overcome challenges uh when they present themselves mate I was preparing some sort of question about deja vu and sort of doing it easily again but tonight was a very different beast of a match for you how was it out there and as a comeback where does it rank among your greatest ones well first of all I want to say uh, thank you guys for staying this late for coming out to, to support I I assume not everyone here has seen it on the Road Labour Live, so I want to thank everybody for hanging in here and watching it on the big screen. Um, Margaret Court Arena is obviously one of the new courts and uh, it's a lovely court. Hopefully you guys enjoy the the tennis show you saw tonight. Um, Well, it was definitely one of the toughest finals I had here in Australia. And um, um, you know, I was I was on brink of losing that match. I, I, you know, I was two sets to one down. I didn't feel that great. Dominic started dominating from, from back of the back of the court from the baseline. He played a great match, and uh, I think it was a break point in fourth set and two one for him. I served and volleyed and, and played two good volleys that, that got me back in uh, in the match. Um, after that, kind of, I regained the. Uh, the strength to, to pull that one through in the, in the fourth and the fifth was anybody's game really. Uh, we were both tired, you could see it towards the end of the match, but uh, we gave it all. And uh, one of us, unfortunately, had to lose. And, you know, I wish uh, Dominic all the best of luck for, for the rest of the season. We saw the full spectrum of emotions from both players tonight. I'm curious to know, where do you go in your head to adapt your mentality in specific circumstances in the match to turn it around into your favor? Because that is an incredible thing to watch play out. Well, I think the key is not to go anywhere, actually, to stay in your head. And that's uh, probably harder than it uh, sounds, or it seems, because we, not just athletes, but people in general, tend to live and spend a lot of time in the past or the future. Um, anticipating what is going to happen, which creates a lot of obviously fear, a lot of uh, uncertainty, and the only thing that that really truly has the power is the and, and, and is real is this the, the very moment, the very present moment that you have. So it's of course easy, easier said than done. It's like a cliche as well for people, you know, constantly say stay in the moment, try to breathe, bring yourself back to. Uh, um, to what you uh, can control uh, the only thing that you can control which is yourself and what you do and it's, it's, a, it's, a, lot, it's a, um, uh, a lot of things that are happening um, mentally I mean in, in this kind of physical battle uh, mental battle is, is even bigger uh, when you play against one of the top players of the world for one of the biggest trophies in the world and of course there are there, you know, so many times and so many moments in the match where you just lose concentration and and that 's okay, you know, but how quickly you come back that that probably defines you as a as a winner
0: okay, so what did you think of that there's a lot of lessons in there isn 't there there's a lot of uh, valuable takeaways that you can actually, uh, bring out of Novak's interview. You actually heard two interviews. The one, what the first one was actually at the, um, the press conference straight after. And then the second one where you heard all the crowd that was actually in Margaret Court Arena, uh, where there was a bit of a party going on after, um, after the final, it would have been, would have been great. Brings up a lot of emotion for me when I hear this. Anyway, So when we look at what Novak has actually had to say, what kind of lessons can we draw from from that? And what I've actually done is I've actually really stripped out 11 lessons from that. Now, just before I share these lessons, I did uh, record these from the Australian Open... um, Videos that were actually taken on Channel Nine, so I just want to acknowledge that that that's what I've actually done. Uh, but let's get into these these lessons that, that Novak's actually shared. So when the the first thing that he, he talked about was the Grand Slam events. Now in tennis, they're the most important events of of the calendar year for for tournaments. The Grand Slam events are two-week events, and what Novak does is he prioritizes the Grand Slam events as the ultimate tournaments. Obviously, he wants to win them. Who wouldn't? So, before the season starts, what he does is he sets his form um, and prepares for making sure that he's in his prime tennis, like his best performance that he can both mentally and physically. So he prepares himself for that. So what he has done, and he's actually done that eight times now, which you've probably heard throughout the interview that he's won the, the Australian Open eight times. Uh, so he, he views that he's actually started off the season because he's had a grand slam win. It's boosted his confidence and that he sees that, that that's now success, set, set him up for a successful year. And he's even acknowledged that no matter what happens throughout this season, this tennis season, he's already had a successful year because he's already won a Grand Slam event, which is what his goal obviously was to do. Uh, second point that he shared, second lesson he talked about was improvement. So even though he, that he's gone back into the number one position in the world, he still can see and identify that there's many things that he can improve on in his tennis, and that actually um, it motivates him and it excites him because he's willing to do the work. He's willing to grind it out in his practice sessions. He's willing to give that the the commitment because he can see that there's areas in which he can still improve on. Now, isn't that isn't that amazing? Now he's number one. And he he keeps looking for feedback. Okay, where are areas that I can improve? Okay, number three. So, what happened throughout the throughout the match? He did have an energy drop, and he, he, he felt bad. He's he said his energy did drop. He uh, couldn't understand why the energy had actually the energy drop that actually occurred. And that's where he began to struggle throughout the match, and uh, you know he, he was facing he was facing a loss, and he couldn't understand why that had happened because he always prepared the same way prior to each of his matches. Uh, but the feedback that he got when he took some time out, the feedback that he got from his, the doctor that came on was said that he wasn't hydrated enough. So that explained why there was that energy drop. He obviously had uh, certain concoctions and his physiotherapist had made up for him to keep his energy levels up. But obviously that, that dehydration. So the big key there, you always want to make sure that you're incredibly hydrated, for, especially for these big matches. Uh, number four, took risks. So when he was actually, you know, facing defeat in, in parts of that, that, that match, what he did, he actually did something that he doesn't normally do and he served and volleyed. It's not a strength in his game. It's not an area that he's, you would say that he's ultimately confident with because he loves to dominate from the back of the court. But he felt fortunate that, that, that it worked both times. And, and he recognizes that it's important to change tactics, change it up. And, and it, you know, it's, it's almost like experiment and take risks. Because what he actually did by taking, especially at, at times when he was down, there was two specific times that he brought up where he was down and, 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 and facing, you know, defeat and facing that challenge, he decided to serve and volley. So he took a risk, it worked, and and he felt that those were important moments in which that changed the match for him. And and obviously it built confidence so that he could then go out and, and do what he needed to do. Number five, he actually is not in a place mentally where he can actually appreciate what he's actually already achieved. So he's, he's not Yet, going to recognise the achievements, like really take them in, because what he then does is after he's won a a tournament, or you know, once a a tournament is over, he doesn't really have the opportunity to 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 reflect what he's actually achieved because he has to move on and, and prepare for the next tournament. So he's like, okay, that's done. It's like you know, when you achieve a goal, you're like, okay, well, I've done that. Now, what's next? So, so that's basically where he's at. So he won't really be able to embrace what he's actually accomplished uh, pretty much until he's finished his tennis career. Number six, acceptance. So with acceptance, he, he accepts the challenges that he's facing. So what he, what he does is because he knows that all he can do is the best that he can do. So what he focuses on is, is staying in the moment and he fights his way back and, and, and tries to give himself every opportunity that he possibly can. So that leads us into number seven, which is actually seizing the opportunity. So what he noticed was when Dominic Miss started to miss a few shots, he wasn't playing as well as he did in the first few sets. And Novak was sort of coming back and he was starting to feel stronger physically and, and mentally he seized the opportunity. So he he noticed that Dominic was starting to make a few errors and and because Novak is the champion that he is, uh, the athlete that he is, he was able to seize the opportunity and and run with it and that's what he he did. Number eight, he actually acknowledged that it's anybody's game. He was very aware of what an incredible match he had played. He's very aware about the... um, the incredible athlete and and tennis player that, that Dominic is. And he said, look, you know, like in the fifth set, it could have been anybody's game. And what he was able to do was he was able to seize that mental energy, that physical energy that he was able to, um, regain and he, and he seized that opportunity. Number nine, in the heat of the battle. So if you, didn't get to see the match. What actually happened was that he went through a, a, a time violation with, with his serve, and that really set him off. And he was actually, that actually happened to him twice, which you would have heard in the interview. And what he did then, he fired up at the change of ends and went and touched the umpire's foot. And he actually didn't know that that was a, a violation, that he wasn't allowed to touch the umpire at all. He was he, Obviously, you could see the frustration, and he felt that, what actually happened in that moment, and you could see it really rattle him. That that it really changed the momentum and, and tended to go more towards Dominic's favour because then that he, you know, got disrupted mentally by that. He was really, you know, an, angry about what what happened. And, and he reacted so it took him obviously some time to regain himself mentally in order for for him to regain that and, and that could have been also part of you know the frustration that he was that he was feeling uh, the uh, the energy slump that he was feeling and uh, and trying to fight his way out of that you could see that actually happening number 10 triumphing, triumphing under pressure. So a triumph under pressure. So how he sees that is he actually reminds himself where he has come from. He's, he grew up um, in difficult times. There was war, food was scarce. You know, he's talking about how they had to line up for food. So what he does is he reflects and looks back at what difficult times that he he and his family had had. And he said, it makes you hungry. It makes you hungry for success. It makes you and motivates you to push harder. And he feels that that's given him the mental strength uh, to overcome challenges. So those challenges that he faced as a young person helped him build the mental strength into giving him those foundations that has given him the opportunity to become the athlete that he's now become. Uh, number eleven on the the brink of losing, and this is the the the, the final one. And I've called it the brink of losing of, of what actually he was going through. So he he didn't feel good. Dominic was playing really well. He was incredibly uh, strong. You know, both sides of the court moved around. Uh, incredible serve. And 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 Novak acknowledged that it could have been anyone's game. But, but when he was looking down that, um, oh, what's the, you know, down through the barrel and, and, and all he could, all he could do, cause he, he could see that he was going to, you know, that it could have gone either way. Uh, what, what he said was that, he was on that brink of losing gave it his all but how he gave it his all is what he then did mentally to bring himself back and what he did was that he didn't go to another place mentally you know he said that the worst thing that you can do is actually go somewhere else you've got to stay in your head because what happens is when things are not working the way we want them to, we can either go to the past and reflect back to past events, or go into what may, may happen in the future and, and anticipate some things that we don't want to happen. Uh, you know, those what-if stories, if you heard uh, an episode that I shared about fear and, and you go into those what-if stories and so on. And, and, you know, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of uncertainty and what he has acknowledged and he's very aware of and that has that true power is actually staying in the present moment so he acknowledges that the only thing that he can control is what he's doing right now so that you know it's breathing staying within the moments that are actually going on right now because he understands that it's a mental and physical battle and that he can lose concentration but It's how he has come back and and be able to control what's actually going on. Even in, he's in the heat of the battle, he's on the brink of losing, he's looking down the barrel and it's tough, right? Tough, uh, sorry, physically, tough mentally. Easy to lose your concentration throughout the match. Easy to get rattled, right? We saw that right throughout but he was talking about staying in control big point here it's it's staying in control and when he says how you know winners are made it's even though that they can lose concentration everyone loses concentration but the the power is actually in how quickly you come back and recover is actually what makes you a winner great words so yeah, I'm sure you've learned a lot from what Novak's actually talked about throughout winning uh, the Australian Open this year. hope you really enjoyed the lessons that I could strip out of what he actually had to say. There was all those 11 lessons there. So make sure you listen to this interview quite a bit listen to the lessons that we've actually learned from Novak so that it helps you become the athlete that you want to become there's a lot of great content in there there's a lot of great things that you can actually implement into what you're doing and into your future so that you can create what you want to create out of you okay and just a reminder the get focused programs coming out very soon we will be looking at some of these areas as well to help you become the athlete that you want to become be focused and doing and uh, doing and achieving all those big dreams that you're going after so I want you to dream big believe in you go after your dreams have an absolutely awesome day take care talk soon bye for now thanks for listening to today's episode if you haven't yet downloaded the number one deadly mistake athletes make make sure you go to tiffany-mica.com and download the number one deadly mistake athletes make. Share with me what you like best about what you heard in the comments section wherever you hear this episode. Share with your friends that you know that would benefit from these episodes and please leave a five-star review wherever you hear these episodes. I would really appreciate it. Dream big, believe in you, go after your dreams, have an absolutely awesome day.